Thursday, April 20th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. Stars out in the NBA don't matter. Stars out in the NHL? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, Vegas truth. Here it comes. <laughs> this is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your 420. The Grizzlies and the Bucks both get wins without their star players. The Oilers even up their series. Stars even up their series. Panthers even up their series. But the Hurricanes go up two games. Tonight. All right. What is the Vegas lead, Scott? Well, I think we should start with the NBA. Yeah, we'll we'll go with the NBA playoffs to start, and we'll go just in order of the games. LeBron and the Lakers trying to go up two games to none at the Grizzlies. The big story in this one coming into the game, John Morant not available for the Memphis Grizzlies, which we knew was going to happen, but yet we expected there to be some adjustment in the line once Ja was announced out. Mackenzie Rivers, our NBA expert, joining us here on Straight Out of Vegas AM, as he often does. Mac, when it came to the the spread for Lakers, Grizzlies, how did it fluctuate before and after the official Ja Morant news? It was interesting. A lot of factors at play. So Grizzlies closed a four-point favorite in game one. Usually, if you lose game one and you're a favorite, you're going to be a bigger favorite in this game. But it was such a dominant performance. Maybe the Lakers deserve an upgrade. How much is John Morant worth? I think it's worth about two points, two and a half points. Without John Morant this season and last season, 33 and 17 straight up. They're better without it's him. It's amazing. I mean, you know that a team that's 33 and 17 straight up is probably doing pretty good ATS. Yeah. Considering the trends we've seen in the NBA, and we'll talk about that some. But this line, it moved from about Pickham to in. He was announced out. He wasn't announced out. He was announced doubtful by Adrian Wojnarowski. And then when he's officially announced out, it didn't make any sense. The Lakers moved to one-and-a-half-point favorite right before the game. You saw that, ba- that buyback. I thought it was, uh, it was an incorrect line movement because we already understood it, and it was probably being exaggerated how much John Morant was worth already. Yeah, this is something that Fez predicted yesterday on Straight Out of Vegas. And he said, if you like Memphis, get some now. And he said, tomorrow, when they officially announce, or today, when they officially announce, this was yesterday, when they officially announce that Ja is out, there's going to be some dumbos out there who say, oh, we got to move it. The line was already no, it, the line was accounting for the fact that Ja wasn't playing. And then some, yep. And there was still a move after they announced it officially. So Fez was correct. And Ja didn't matter. Uh, Lakers. Not a great three-point shooting night. Uh, I guess that's the the like when you, if you take first glance at LeBron's numbers, you go, oh, not a not a bad night for LeBron, huh? Twenty-eight points, twelve boards, one of eight from three. Mm. Uh, that is not the way to go. Uh, Russell one of five. Austin Reeves one of three. Anthony Davis was inefficient. It was a an ugly shooting night, and that's I mean that's how you end up with ninety-three points in an NBA game. Uh, and the Grizzlies. Without Ja Morant, it was a, a a balanced effort. All five starters in double digits. Often is, yeah. Um, so they they stepped up and and did the job. And I guess the question becomes: Is like, is there any rush to get Ja Morant back now? Like, did the Grizzlies should the Grizzlies feel like, hey, we we're doing okay here? I don't think the Grizzlies should have any more importance put on Ja Morant than they do Jaron Jackson Jr. Or Desmond Bain. This has been thought of as a one-man team. I think it's a three-man team. I think it's actually pretty well-balanced between those two. So, here's the thing, though. The Lakers did their job, right? Got the split. They got the split, and that's all you want to do as the lower seed is you want to get the split because then you steal home court advantage. The Grizzlies, I don't know how much better they are than the Lakers. I think, yes, we do have to give the Lakers an upgrade based on the Game 1 performance. But this Game 2 was telling. Mackenzie, what's the odds now on the series? Because I would imagine the Lakers are favorites just because of the home court advantage, but I can't see them being like that big of favorites. I I would guess probably around 130. A little bit more than that, minus 155, take back plus 135. About a 60% chance to advance. I think that's too much respect for the Lakers, and I think that that's public uh, influence baked in. Do you agree? 
Oh, yeah. I mean, they have better futures odds than the Nuggets, who are going to be 98% to win their series. <laughs> yeah, they're it, up two games It's one. a premium tax on the yeah. Lakers every single time. At that price, what's the comeback? Plus 135. Bet the Grizzlies. Well, I mean, look, you're better off betting the Grizzlies each game. But you understand what I'm trying to say is I don't think the Lakers, even though they have home no, court advantage, I don't think they should be this heavy favorites. Because what's the lines going to be like in games three and four? Lakers minus five, five and a half. Boy, it seems like a lot. I mean, that's the line right now for game three. I think that's a considerable consideration if John Morant might not be there. I think it has to be that John Morant's not going to be there. Like, yeah, because Lakers two points better, probably not. Yeah. I know that we have yet to have an underdog cover the spread but lose the game. <laughs> right. It doesn't happen. It hasn't happened. But I just feel like taking the points of the Grizzlies is the move in both games three and four. Okay. It's a big balls play, considering, like we just said, it has not happened. The points well, have not mattered. Well, they're going to win outright, so oh, it doesn't okay. matter. Well, there you go. I'll still win, but I'm giving, play the money line. I'm giving, my, with you? I'm giving myself a little cushion here. I just think that this Grizzlies team, I mean, Mackenzie, you mentioned it. What was it, 33 and 17? Is that what it is without John Morant? 34 and 17. 34 now. and 17? Yep. And, and, and why are we I, – I get it. It's LeBron. Yes. He's arguably the greatest of all time. He's in the conversation. But why are we putting this team – so far ahead of the two seed in the Western Conference that all they've done is look the part. Yeah. So why is this a significant downgrade? Oh, because the John Morant, their quote, best players out, they just won by 10 without him. Yeah. So why are we still downgrading them? I think if you look at the Lakers, too, they did have the second best record or the best record uh, since the All-Star break. They also had one of the easier schedules. They also played a lot of teams that were calling off the dogs. If you look at their competitive games against the Clippers, blown out. Against the Timberwolves, had a big deficit, came back and won that game in overtime. And now two games against the Grizzlies, you could argue they only outperformed once out of those four times. Those four being the most playoff-like uh, matchups that they had in this time. Slot. Well, I think an alarming statistic from last night's game, and the NBA really needs to look into this, both teams shot 21 free throws. Uh, that must know. be a typo. No, I don't Lakers know. Shot 31, if anything. No, I'm Ray not was. sure if the NBA sent out the memo or they just assumed that this was an ongoing thing. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, the Lakers, 21 free throw attempts. Grizzlies, 21 free throw attempts. Mm. So uh, something's off here, completely off. So Lakers, uh, repeat the spread again in game three. Open Lakers minus five. Now only Lakers minus four and a half. They're listening to the show. Yeah, they're listening. Exactly. <laughs> listening to us. Uh, and that is Lakers minus 150, minus 155 for the series now with the series tied at a game apiece. Another home team that was favorite, favored in game one and lost came back in one game two and without their star, Giannis, as the Bucks defeated the Heat 138-122. I don't think we can make the same argument about the Bucks that we do the Grizzlies that they might be better without yeah, their star yeah, players yeah, yeah. or no. as good because they're clearly not. But this was just a better performance from the entire Bucks squad uh, uh, outplaying the Heat. And we saw it when they last time they were without him in the playoffs. They won one game, one necessary game uh, back in 2021, and they're 11 and or I guess 12 and six now on the season. They have a probably a more deeper squad, more deeper, a deeper squad than they've had in the Giannis era. But he's still Giannis. He's still arguably the best player in the league. I'm, I'm going to throw you some a number, some numbers here, okay? Home teams that lose game one in the last 13 times it has happened. They're 13-0. 13-0 straight up in game two. The last 20 times Why it has happened. Why didn't you tell me that yesterday? The last 20, <laughs> I gave you guys that 16-4 and four trend earlier in the week. The last 20 times it has happened, 19-1 and one straight up. The home wow. favorite that loses game one has now won 13 straight game twos. That's why people are saying, oh, Giannis is only worth three points. It went from nine to six without him. No, no, no. The nine was considering Giannis had a chance to play. I think the market was pricing in a big uptick if Giannis was in where it would be 12. Because not only are they in the bounce back scenario where they're big favorites after losing game one, but I think the loss of Tyler Heroes being uh, is a big loss for the Heat. It's probably their second most player on best player on offense. I was going to say the same thing because Struess ate up his minutes yesterday. Not good minutes. Uh, yeah. Thirty-one minutes of play, minus twenty-seven on plus-minus, added four points. Tyler Hero is going to score four points on accident. Like yeah. that's he is key to what they do on offense. Like they've got they've got players. I mean, Bam is obviously a more important piece than. 
than Hero. But when it comes to straight-up offense, after Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero is kind of the guy. Yeah, and against a team with three Defensive Player of the Year candidates, well, I guess two without Giannis in Brooke Lopez and Drew Holiday, you need that offensive firepower. Remember Kyle Lowry, by the way? He had that resurrection in the play-in game, 33 points? Yeah. Since then, 12 points on 11 shots over three games. Just a total aberration. That well, happens in the NBA. And not only that, but the minutes are down. Like they, like yeah. the, Because the, in that game where he scored 33 points, he came off the bench and a guy in front of him got hurt. They didn't change the rotation. They were no. like, that was just what happened. You're still going to come off the bench, Kyle Lowry. Kyle yeah. Lowry. Yeah. Kyle Lowry. Uh, so where are we at right now for the series price? I would imagine Bucks heavily favored to win the series. Yes, minus 430. Put that in context. They were minus 1,000 before the series. So this is considering Giannis not being available for possibly yeah. game three. Possibly, but still 80% chance to take it home. And do we have a spread yet for game three, or because of the uncertainty with Giannis, is that off the board right now? Yes. The Bucks are road favorites. They're three-point favorites. Mm-hmm. Now, if Giannis doesn't play, I think that might flip. Uh, I think that's pricing, no, I think that's in, pricing in that Giannis probably doesn't play. So let's think about it. He, they were five and a half, six point favorites without Giannis entering this game. So flip that, they would be, be like one a and a half, one point favorites on the road. Yeah. So I'm thinking if Giannis is in, they'd be like six point favorites on the road. So this is saying about 50 50 that he plays, I think. So that's the three and a half line. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I mean, they're, they're going to win this series with or without Giannis. I agree. The, the Heat just aren't on their level right now. Agreed. And because, I mean, listen, the game one was nice. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. And like, we shouldn't poo poo it. Yeah. But I, I don't think they're going to be able to do that three more times. No, no. Uh, the Nuggets, they go up two games to none, taking care of the Timberwolves, 122, 113. Jamal Murray with 40 points. Anthony Edwards had 41 points in the loss. Yeah, I, Anthony Edwards heard me uh, talking shit about yeah. him, you know, not be not being a, a playoff performer just yet. Yeah, I said, give him a couple years. He's like, oh yeah, watch this, 41 points. Uh, but yeah, Jamal Murray uh, took over the game basically, and and Jokic did Jokic things, 27 points, nine boards, nine assists, great game. Uh, but this was the Jamal Murray show, 40 points, six of 10. From three, you, uh, big night for him. Do you remember last year when everyone was like, who's a good dark horse to bet in the NBA playoffs? And the idea was, boy, let me tell you something. If the Nuggets got healthy and Jamal Murray came back and he plays in the playoffs, the Nuggets are a great bet to win the NBA finals. That was the conversation last year, literally. I did it on my shows. Sure. I ha- I've heard it on other shows. Well, this year, and not just Porter Jr. also. So it was if Murray comes back, if Porter Jr. comes back, combined with the MVP Jokic, like if this team can get healthy in the playoffs, man, that's a good dark horse bet. They have a good shot to win the finals. I'd take them at 50 to 1 or whatever the number was. But this year, they're healthy. They have Murray playing at a high level where he's scoring 40 points in the playoffs. They have Porter Jr. playing 30-something minutes a game. They have the two-time MVP in Nikola Jokic. And no one is talking about the Denver Nuggets to win the NBA Finals. They're a one seed. They're not a dark horse anymore. <laughs> it doesn't matter. No one. They were a good seed last year. No one's giving them a chance Can to I win tell the you Finals. Why? Can I tell you why? Because the Nuggets never win in the playoffs. This is just the DNA of the Denver Nuggets. Like, that home court advantage that's so great in the regular season fades a little in the playoffs because teams have more rest. And it's just not... Uh, I don't think anyone's taking them seriously. I don't. I don't think anybody ever takes them seriously come playoff time. Maybe they should. I mean, I mean, I mean, oh, listen, I don't know what they should be is, in the West, but it's not like last. You know, they got to I stop. agree. <laughs> but all they've done is beat the Timberwolves twice, yeah. which is that's what they were expected to do. And I think this is a good example of why favorites are the way to go in the NBA playoffs. Now, fifty-seven point one percent since twenty fifteen. The Nuggets are a great example of it, where we know what they're going to do if they have a slight lead. They're going to play their consistent. Offense, the Timberwolves, more turnovers than made field goals in the fourth quarter. When Woof. you get down that little bit, you see the favorite. They just pull away down the, down the stretch. Points matter less in the NBA than ever before, 235 in this game, and the Nuggets got there. And you look at their big three. Hubie Brown talks about this. He's still calling games at 89 years old. I hope I'm doing something like that. I hope I'm dead at 89. I don't <laughs> I'm happy. Give me a break. I'm smiling. The NBA and basketball is about getting good opportunities for your top three scores. Tough to do that when two of them aren't there last year. Mm-hmm. In this game, 28 for 48, Porter Jr., Jokic, and Murray. 
Going to win a lot of games. Your best three players are shooting 58% from the field. Let's take a look at the action for tonight. We have a couple of series that are have teams up two games to none. And the Suns and Clippers, which are tied at a game apiece. We'll start with the Sixers and the Nets. McKenzie, the Sixers are four-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. They are an overwhelming favorite to win this series. The last I checked, it was like minus 4,000 or something stupid like that. But considering the situation of the desperate Brooklyn Nets down two games to none, playing home in game three, do you give them a fighting chance in this game, and do they intrigue you? No, the Nets do not intrigue me. The only thing that keeps me off from playing the Sixers, road favorites have done even better than all favorites in the NBA playoffs these last few years, is the fact that, and shout out to Sleepy J, told me about this, uh, sweeps are not good for NBA revenues. So the fact that that is a possibility keeps me off it a little, but even so, uh, the Sixers are more than a four and a half point better team in Brooklyn with no home court advantage historically, especially last few seasons. Yeah, desperation's fine and good, but like if if I said, Scott, if you don't go in the ring with Tyson Fury and knock him out. I'm going to murder your whole family. You could be like, man, I'm really desperate now to yeah. get this knockout. Yeah. Stretching. It doesn't mean you can do it. Like, yeah. well, so the Nets can be desperate. Around him. <laughs> the Nets can be desperate. They're just not way, on the level. All it takes is one punch. Like <laughs> no, Tyson Fury. no, it doesn't. Anybody, anybody, anybody could just take one punch. I've seen him get punched a lot of times. I'm just, it's just like scientifically – one punch in the in the correct random area could kill a man. So just anything sure could happen. That's true, but I get what you're saying. You know, let's, let's, it happens. What it happens? A guy gets hit like in a certain part of his chest, and his heart stops. Something happens. It just takes one punch. Anything can happen. That's why it's called a puncher's chance. Yeah. One punch, anything can happen. The problem is, you, like, I don't even know if you know how to I punch. Mean, I might die before <laughs> I get that punch off if I'm in the ring with Tyson him. Fury. But boy, you know. I, one punch is all it takes. Okay. Now I I don't know if I'd reach him. I, like, I'm certain you wouldn't. You couldn't hit him in the face. You had to pick a part of his body. Yeah, but he would be able to like hold. You know, like the cartoon where you hold the guy's head uh -huh. and then he just swings. I would look like um, in Mike Tyson's Punch Out. You know. Yeah, like Little Mac. I'd look like Little Mac yeah. against Tyson Fury. <laughs> what a great game. <laughs> 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 that was Mike Tyson's punch out. Uh, Warriors Kings, this is the big game of the night, the one that we've all been talking about for the past two days because of the Draymond Green suspension and Sabonis's aching chest because of how much it hurts <laughs> with Draymond stomping on him. Warriors at five and a half, I, I love it. I love it. The Warriors are going to blow him out tonight. I Blow him out. I agree, and the more I'll, I'll say this, the more I've uh, read Twitter yesterday, like after we did our show, conspiracy theories. No, uh, I, I'm I like more. I'm I, there's more people who are on the side of the right saying that Draymond should not have been suspended here, or if Draymond if Draymond were suspended, then Sabonis should also be suspended, and you know then they they would just say no suspension. Have you heard anyone, one person, say this was the right decision? It yes, random random guys who hate the Warriors or hate Draymond <laughs> right. Green and sure. like the, po them. post pictures of him kicking Stephen Adams in the balls or whatever, and yet like Draymond Stephen A was like, I'm appalled at the NBA right now. <laughs> I, like, <laughs> I agree. I get he's got a reputation, but in this instance, this isn't on him. Regular season suspension. Postseason, you can't do ejected it. from the game. I think that's the, it. I mean, it's one and a half games could be decided because of one half but I second think reaction. The, the, in the playoffs, you honestly, I understand the repeated behavior, but in the playoffs, you, sh you should have a little bit of a little bit more discretion. And Chris Mannix of Sports uh, Illustrated had this. It was a terribly punishing punishment to have him miss a whole rest of a game in the playoffs. It was. Like, that's already the huge decision. That's the well, adjudication. That was the, it. The, yes, the huge... Adjudication. The, adjudication. Yeah, yes, the punishment was ejecting him from a four-point game right. and the Warriors going on to lose that game. Right, huge punishment. Maybe if the Warriors win the game, you could suspend them for the next game. Exactly. But, but the fact that the Warriors... <laughs> no, I'm dead serious. I'm not even... The fact that the Warriors that. lost, like, they should not suspend him because they could say, we've punished them and him enough by ejecting him from the game in a four-point game with plenty of time left, yep. and they lost the game. If the Warriors won, you could say, eh, we're going to suspend them for this game. But this is the most, this is the pivotal game of the series. If they lose this game, this series is over. True. That's not hyperbole. That's fact. So, 
This is the game you suspend them for. But guess what? It ain't going to matter. Warriors going to blow them out. NBA got a lot of flack yesterday. It goes away if the Warriors win. You know, if you're a conspiracy theorist, they want the NBA. I think they want a long series. This is a fun series. And they don't want it to be, we made a decision that ended that's, the franchise. See, that's a, great, that's a great point. If the Warriors win this game, the Draymond Green suspension does not get talked about anymore. Yeah. If the Warriors lose this game, it is still the lead story on first take coming on Friday morning. And everyone's talking about how the Warriors are down three games to none. And they would have won the game if Draymond played and all this stuff. So the story just doesn't go away. It will go away when the Warriors win tonight. Notice how I said when. Yeah, I tend I tend to agree. I, I it feels like, I mean, listen, the system is the system. They're at home. They've got to win. <laughs> the system. Why are we is, overthinking this? Yeah, the what are we thinking? Is the system. Yeah, what's the money line? I just need minus two ten. I need to bet my house on the money line. That's, That's good enough. Uh, I kind of yeah. like minus two ten. I'm texting Fez. Uh, Suns at the Clippers. This series tied at a game apiece. Phoenix, a two and a half point road favorite. And based on what we saw in game two, which again, the system that, you know, home team loses game one, they win game two. So we should have known that already. But what we saw from Devin Booker, what we saw from Chris Paul, despite Scott Foster officiating that game, I think it has to give you confidence that this Suns team is ready to now take over this series. I agree. I'll give you guys the best bet. Phoenix Suns minus two and a half. Only decision for me is how big I want to go with it. But I do like Phoenix here. Not money line? Minus 140, uh, it's kind of pricey. I mean, Just do it. What, what, how many games are decided between one and two points in the NBA playoffs? It's like never no, no, it's been rare. Every winner has covered the spread. Yeah, favorites, favorites are covering. And I, every winner has covered the spread up until the Suns <laughs> Clippers. One point. <laughs> yeah, now, now that you got me thinking about it, I, I, I might go money line. <laughs> Just go money line. Just but do it. Phoenix wins here, and the Clippers have a terrible home court advantage, especially in the playoffs. Their history, 21 and 33 ATS at home in the playoffs. I think any home court advantage is kind of generous. And I also think the Phoenix just found out the Clippers. They are going to give Westbrook and Kawhi their opportunities, and I'm not sure they can be hurt other than that. In the fourth quarter, actually, no, in the second half, other Clippers besides Kawhi and Westbrook, who went 8 for 16 in the second half, five made field goals out of 18 shots and six turnovers. You're asking me, what do I think is repeatable? I think Russell Westbrook's probably going to shoot 35% like he has in the series. Kawhi's probably going to shoot... Probably less good than 58% like he's done in this series. On the other side, I think Booker and Durant are exactly going to be this efficient throughout. So uh, I think it's a five-game series. I think they got scared, but I think they figured it out quick. And I think Phoenix uh, cruises here and the rest of the way. I like it. I'm on the Suns to win this game as well. And uh, the Suns are going to win this series. So I know the whole playoff Kawhi thing at home, and maybe it's a boost, but it's not like – Look, Steve he can't Ballmer, play much better. Steve you know, Ballmer can shoot. Thirty-five a game. Yeah, and Ballmer can cheer all he wants. It's still not like a. It's not a great <laughs> crowd there. When your owner is your best center. fan, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Oh, uh, Billy Crystal. Oh, uh, he's good. He's yeah, good. Billy Crystal's their best fan. Um, it's it's not quite. It's just not quite a, the home environment. It's not quite Sacramento. No, it's what the we've opposite. seen in yeah, Sacramento right. is what we're going to see at the Staples Center uh, for the Clippers here. There's going to be a lot of Suns fans in that building, I'll tell you that much. So uh, we like the Suns tonight. We like the Warriors tonight and the Sixers. Sounds like a poor look. Uh, <laughs> coming up here for the NBA playoffs. Four game twos in the Stanley Cup playoffs last night. Three of the series are now tied at a game apiece. And one of them has a 2-0 series lead. The Hurricanes beating the Islanders in overtime 4-3. What a bizarre, like, uh, game this was. Defensive battle throughout. The Islanders scored an own goal, AJ. Like, they 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 slapped the puck. Sebastian Ajo. There's also a Sebastian Ajo on the, on the Hurricanes. There's two Sebastian Ajos? There's two Ajos? Sebastian Ajos. One of them plays for the Hurricanes. One of them plays for the Islanders, and they're what, playing against each other. What are the odds? <laughs> it's, it's, <seriously. laughs> like, it's like Mike Smith. No, <laughs> Sebastian yes. Ajo. There's two Sebastian Ajos. Uh, My son is also named Bort. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good uh, – yeah. So Sebastian Ajo of the, um, of the Islanders was the player that slapped the puck into his own net. He – the puck was being dumped into the corner and he was just trying to slow it down and he winds up hitting it and it deflects from the boards all the way to his own net and past Ilya Sorokin, who's just like, what the heck just happened? 
And that was the way that the uh, Carolina hur- uh, Hurricanes scored. Then the Islanders score with 20 seconds left in the period. Tough third period. It goes into overtime. The Islanders actually had a lead. They gave up the lead on a great deflection. And Hurricanes win after a blatant missed high-sticking call against the Hurricanes. Boy, the Islanders were not happy after that game because this was a... You want to talk about free throw disparity in in the NBA sometimes, in the NBA playoffs? There were... uh, Six power plays for the Carolina Hurricanes. Zero for the Islanders. Mm. And a blatant missed call in uh, overtime. You think if you hadn't called one yet, you'd be on the lookout Listen, for anything. And it le- it directly led to the goal because uh, uh, the player was hit in the face with the stick. He goes down to the ground. And then as he's skating away, the player goes past him. Jesper Foss gets the shot, and it's a goal. It's an epidemic. I, I don't know if you guys heard, but the Lakers got the same amount of free throws as the Grizzlies <laughs> yeah. yesterday. Like, yeah. what's going down, on? Down in this these refs need to know. Uh, the Bruins lose at home. Boy, I was a game off, huh? I said they lose game one. They lost game two. 6-3, the Panthers. Great performance uh, from Florida. Relentless pressure throughout the game. Thirty uh, Only 30 shots, but still they were able to control possession in the zone, and they uh, did a great job defensively and, and in net you have to give credit to Alex Lyon, who made 34 saves, and they were able to just get the best of Linus Allmark, 6-3. The Panthers even up that series. And now uh, plenty of tickets, as someone tweeted at me, for Game 3 in Florida because that fan base just probably doesn't embrace hockey like everybody else does. The fifth, fifth That's crazy, right? time they've lost this season at home. Out of 43 games. In regulation. <laughs> in regulation. Yeah, I've lost in overtime. But in regulation, yes. Speaking of uh, just bizarre circumstances, Philip Gustafson made 51 saves in game one for the Minnesota Wild. 51 saves in game one. I'll repeat. 51 saves. They had to bring him back for game two. No. What? They go with Mark... Andre Fleury for game two. Dean Evison, who is the head coach, said, quote, it's what we do. We've done it all <laughs> we year. <lose. laughs> We've done it all year. Meaning like they, they go back and forth. Okay. But this is the Stanley Cup playoffs. Do you remember when, um, who is the, uh, who's the radio announcer on the Minnesota K-Fan, uh, Paul Allen, right? This is the Super Bowl, you know, right? When Brett Favre threw yeah. the interception. This is the Stanley Cup playoffs. You ride the hot hand. Philip Gustafson made 51 saves in double overtime on Monday. You put him back between the pipes for game two. But no. Marc-Andre Fleury starts, gives up seven goals as the Stars route the Wild seven to three. One of the dumbest decisions I've ever seen made in a Stanley Cup playoff game. You ride the hot goaltender in the playoffs. And I'm sorry, if Fleury doesn't get a game in the playoffs, he doesn't get a game in the playoffs, but you're going to win the Stanley Cup. Like, you you go with the hot goalie until he fails you. That's how it works. Elsewhere, the Oilers, they even up their series. They win against the Kings 4-2. to two. Uh, A good performance, and... They get the empty netter late, which cashes the team total over three and a half. Thank you very much, boys. Never in doubt. Never in doubt. Now, Mac, I got to ask you about the Stars and the Oilers. We know in the NBA, the 13 straight winners for the home teams losing game one. Not just 13 straight winners, though. 19 of the last 20 NBA playoff teams, the home teams that lost game one, have come back to win game two. 13 straight, 19 of 20. Okay. So in this instance, we had both the Stars and the Oilers who had lost their respective game ones and then came back last night to win their game twos and even up the series. Mackenzie, do we have the numbers on how often that has happened in the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs? The last two years, home teams that lost game one in game two are nine and five straight up. All right, so not overwhelming, but still more home teams are evening up the series. Profitable. Now, let, let me tell you why it's so important 
for those home teams to even up the series. And that'll transition us into the four games tonight because the four games tonight all feature home teams that lost game one. In 105 instances in which the road team has won the first two games of a best-of-seven series, that home team has only come back to win the series 20 times. Out of 100 what? Out of 105. Less than 20%. So if you are the road team that has already won game one, you win game two, you're going on to win that series 80% of the time, a little over 80% of the time. That's how important, and that's how important this, this game, these games are tonight. So you have the Lightning, who have a 1-0 series lead against the Maple Leafs, the Rangers, a 1-0 series lead over the Devils, Kraken, 1-0 over the Islanders, and the Jets, 1-0 over on the Knights. As you would expect, all four home teams are favored. Toronto, minus 170. Devils, only minus 130. Colorado, minus 220. Vegas, minus 160. Me, personally, I like all the home teams to win with the exception of the Rangers and Devils. What I saw in game one from that Rangers team was exactly why I told you they were going to win this series when, Mackenzie, you asked me, you know, Rangers, am I a homer or do I believe? The Rangers are a much more physical team than the Devils. They also have more playoff experience than the Devils. And they, they made moves this season to acquire guys that have Stanley Cup experience. Patrick Kane and Vladimir Tarasenko, Stanley Cup winning players. They have a head coach, Gerard Gallant, who has been there, done that before, right? Has gone on, take, took the Vegas Golden Knights to the Stanley Cup in his very first season. In his very first season as the head coach of the New York Rangers, takes them to the Eastern Conference Finals. Now you look at what they're facing here, you have Igor Shesterkin, who played an incredible game. The only goal he gave up was the the penalty shot with two minutes left yeah, probably, to Jack Hughes. They'll probably start the other guy. <laughs> That's the new trend in hockey. You see, like, like that would never. Like, it's like amazing. Like that would never happen. It's like the, well, that's a team obviously that just doesn't have a uh, uh, a thing. You know, a, a goalie. You got two quarterbacks. Two, two you only got one. It, that's exactly the point. You got two. You got two quarterbacks. You don't have one. Two goalies. You don't have one. Um, the Rangers are as good as the Devils are. Their youth is their youth and their athleticism. Did you say youths? Yeah, it is suited for the regular season. During the grind of the regular season, when you're playing, you know, three games in five nights, when you're traveling back-to-backs, their speed, better than anybody. And that's why they want a franchise record, 52 games, and they are were one of the more promising teams this entire season. But I tweeted something out early in the year because the Devils got off this incredible start, and I was, like, betting them every game. Remember, mm-hmm. Devil Dogs, right? Devils yeah, are on yeah. the dogs. We're betting them all the time. I tweeted something out earlier in the year, and, and it was something to do with the Devils play every game like it's the Stanley Cup final. And they literally did. They were relentless. Their pressure was relentless. Their speed was dominant, and they played every game with intensity. But that can't last. And I'm not saying that they just don't have the intensity now, but I tweeted out, watching game one, the Devils are too finesse for the playoffs. They're too soft. Play, too soft. It, playoff hockey. You know what? That's a good. That's a, maybe that's a good word, McKenzie. And maybe what they have that's to fighting do. Fighting words, but, man. But, and that's what I'm going to say. I would not say that in New Jersey. <laughs> that's what I'm going to say, though. Maybe that's what they need to do tonight. Maybe for them to get back in this series, they need to. They need to get into a fight tonight. Knock something down. They need to. They need to show that they will not back down to the Rangers' physicality. The Devils have a goon. No one has a goon anymore. That's a damn shame. But well, got to goon it up tonight. They I'll got guys. They, they got guys that, that that you know take some penalties. They got some guys. Probably they, get like a Jonas Siegenthaler to get and you know get some. Get you don't have the anybody box. like. Are there? There's not guys anymore who just like are kind of good at hockey, but they can fight. Uh, Ryan Reeves. Like if he's, <laughs> if he's kicked out of the game, like they're they're not like oh what are we gonna do without Ryan? Yeah, but like yeah, Ryan Reeves. I see that's that's the kind of guy. That's what I like. I like having a guy like that on your team who, oh you want you want to you want to start some shit? 
let's send Ryan out there to fight their best player, see what they do, see how they respond. Yeah, uh, Ryan Reeves would be that guy. He plays for the Wild now. Um, oh, well, the, the Devils don't have one? Mm, not Better really. go sign one. They're a young and small team, right? Yeah, let's not not really. There's just not there's no guys that that yeah. Their leader in penalty Teams minutes is built wrong. Their leaders and Miles Wood led them in penalty minutes during the regular season. Uh and then Brendan Smith and Dougie Hamilton. Hey, Dougie Hamilton can throw, but he's no yeah, no. No. You can throw down? You can throw throw some fists, yeah, I'm yeah. saying. But throw them bows. Yeah. The thing is, it's you know, the Rangers have a guy like in Bar- Don't do that, McKinney. So <laughs> so so the Rangers have Barkley Goodrow, who has a lot of cup experience. He used to play for the Lightning, but he's a guy that can fight. Like Barkley Goodrow's been in like six or seven fights this year. His first name is Barkley? Yeah. Ooh, I would that would have been a big underdog to me. Like, imagine you meet a guy named Barkley. Are you scared to fight him? Barkley. No way. Barkley Goodrow. Barclay? Barclay. Barclay oh Goodrow. I would, Named after a credit card? I'd purposely pick a fight with a guy named Barclay. <laughs> and he, this guy could kick my ass, probably. Yeah. After a British yeah, but he's, credit card. But he's Canadian, though. Mm. I mean, you, you know, you know, yeah. You know, he can, you know, he can brawl. So, yeah, I yeah. think that's the thing for me. As much as, you know, a hoser. as much as I, and look, this series could be a long series, and the Devils could win this game, and this, this could go on to be a seven game series. I said before the series started, if you asked me one series, pick one series to go to seven, I would have said Rangers Devils. But after watching the way that New York played in game one, it wasn't just Shesterkin and Net, it was the way that the, the physicality, I just felt it was too much for the Devils. Devils didn't have a lot of room, they were very frustrated by the lack of room. A lack of space on the ice, and I think that continues to be a, pl- a problem. I think the Rangers, as an underdog, are the play once again here in game number two. Series prices, Rangers minus 190 to win that series. Avalanche, who are down one game to none, minus 135 to win their series. The Golden Knights down one game to none, plus 120. Jets are minus 140. The Maple Leafs down one game to none are plus 120. Lightning are minus 140. So the only team that's down one game to none that's favored to win, the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, And then as far as the winners of last night's games, Carolina overwhelming favorite, minus 750. Boston, minus 250. That series is even. Dallas, minus 150 with that series even. Edmonton, minus 260 with that series even. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. How's your social battery right now, AJ? I know sometimes I get drained, and it could be easy to ignore your social battery and just spread yourself too thin, you know, especially when it comes to social gatherings and maybe just things you're not in the mood for. Well, do you know the right amount of socializing you need to do to keep yourself balanced? Therapy can give you that self-awareness, and you can build basically your routine that reflects what you need personally. Everybody's different in this way. That was a big driver for me when I was in therapy. I got a lot out of it, and it's so easy here. Give BetterHelp a try if you've said, I don't want to go out of my way to do this. It's all online. It's as convenient as can be, and it's suited to you. It's simple. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Vegas today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Vegas. AJ, it's important to me that the supplements that I take every single day are of the highest quality. And that's why ever since they jumped the board as a sponsor with us, I've been drinking AG1 because for AG1, quality isn't just a buzzword. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality, and I love that every scoop has prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes for my gut support, B vitamins for energy. It's got the magnesium and ashwagandha for stress support, also testosterone support, vitamin C and zinc to support my immune system. I don't get sick anymore. Well, you're welcome for introducing you to AG1. Yeah, but uh, I mean, this stuff is incredible. And so many people have asked me, are you just reading commercials? No, man. AG1 is actually legit. 
And there's a reason why I drink it every single day. It just makes taking care of my health so much easier in general. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash SOV. That's drinkag1.com slash SOV. Check it out. Before we get into any baseball system plays or uh, what's going on on the schedule today, Mm -hmm. we got some breaking news last night. In a statement, the Oakland A's said, quote, The A's have signed a binding agreement to purchase land for a future ballpark in Las Vegas. Let's go! We realize this is a difficult day for our Oakland fans and community. For more than 20 years, the A's have focused on securing a new home for the club and have invested unprecedented time and resources for the past six years to build a ballpark in Oakland. Even with the support from fans, leaders at the city, county, and state level, and throughout the broader community, the process to build a new ballpark in Oakland has made little forward progress for some time. We have made a strong and sincere effort to stay here. We recognize that this is very hard to hear. We are disappointed that we have been unable to achieve our shared vision of a waterfront ballpark. As we shift our focus to Vegas, we will continue to share details about our next step. Oh, shit. Do they think they're building a waterfront park here? <laughs> they're going to be really disappointed. So. <laughs> Lake Las Vegas? It tough, is tough. on. Wow. The Las Vegas A's. Nice. We already have the Aviators, which is the Las Vegas A's AAA affiliate. And now we're going to get the Las Vegas Aviators wearing Las Vegas A's jerseys. All right. Because that's Same pretty much the team. roster that is playing for this team anyway. <laughs> but oftentimes when a team moves you know, to a market where there's more, there's more capital mm-hmm. available, they upgrade the team. They I, should I, spend. I would expect it. Bryce Harper is born here. Now, this is interesting as to why. Yeah, but so is Chris Bryant. We don't want him. <laughs> the, the, one, not the other. Yeah. The, this is interesting, the timing of this. The Mets and A's just played a series in Oakland. Now, a lot of teams play in Oakland, and maybe stories that come from the game's broadcasts don't get publicized. But when it's a New York team, when it's SNY, who has arguably the best broadcast team in Major League Baseball, I mean, that's not like a joke. Like, those guys are picked to do national games, right? Like, you know, Gary, Keith, and Ron do national games. All I mean, especially Ron Darling does all the playoff games, whatever. Like Mike Breen does local deals. Exactly. I mean, all the New York guys are the best. I mean, let's, let's be honest. Mike Scott Bre- Seinberg. Mike Breen's the Knicks announcer. Susan Waldman. He's, no, no, I'm saying Mike Breen is the national. <laughs> Method man, I think he's from Who there. are the national voices in the NBA? Mike Breen. Yep. Ian Eagle. Right? Yep. One's the, the Knicks announcer. One's the Nets announcer. Yeah. Who's the national hockey voice? Kenny. Know. Nobody knows no that. No one knows that. <laughs> Kenny. It's a trick question. Right. Like, he's going to say some made-up name, and we're going to be like, oh, Kenny Albert. Him. He's yes. the Rangers guy, right? <laughs> Kenny Albert does the Rangers. Of course he does. <laughs> <laughs> Brendan Burke does the Islanders. <laughs> oh, the Brendan Burke? <laughs> you got it. It's just the, the, the – come on. We know this. We know what happens. Um, so – the Mets played in Oakland, and a clip from SNY went viral where the Mets could not broadcast from the visiting broadcast booth because there is a possum living <laughs> in the visitor's broadcast booth at the Oakland Coliseum or whatever it's called now. Yep, that's Literal, a wrap. Literally. A possum that is living in the, bo- the broadcast booth it's a, it's a def- plant. And defecating <laughs> all over the broadcast booth. So the Mets SNY team could not be in that booth. They had to uh, be in a separate broadcast booth. Oh, you can't be around a little possum shit? This is a, soft. Was a PR stunt. This is a stadium. Out of Vegas? So I, I, this is also a stadium that like I call it a cesspool because it really it literally is. A couple, of, a couple of years uh. ago, they had raw sewage coming up from the drains. Anyway. That clip about the possum went viral that it got national headlines. And it was all over uh, all the TV shows. I was watching um, Mad Dog Russo on First Take uh, yesterday, and he's screaming about the possum in Oakland. It's interesting. It's a possum! <laughs> it's, interesting. it's interesting that the timing of this is, you know, the Oakland A's are getting a lot of bad publicity, and they probably made some phone calls to the city and said, listen, we got to get this thing done. Are we going to get a new ballpark or what? And they're like, Hey, man, we thought you were cool. 
<laughs> hey, Oakland's still cool. No. And and that's the problem. That the city was like, no, we're not doing it. And so they said, that's it. We're going to Vegas. That's it. It's happening. We expected this to happen for a long time. It seemed like every week here in Vegas, we were hearing about a different type of uh Yeah, Valley's la- gonna be yeah, the place. different different land. We'd, oh, where is it gonna be? Is it gonna be um on well, the they, strip? Is it gonna be off the strip? The first place I heard was the tr- the spot of the Tropicana, which is like yes. the corner Trop and of Koval. No, like uh, MGM, mm-hmm. uh, right by Top Golf. Yeah, like mm-hmm. so. It, I mean, this is right on top of everything. Yes. Then the other land that I heard was uh, the Rio. The Rio that they were gonna either tear down the Rio or use part of, like maybe tear down one of the towers of the Rio. And they Rio. have a bunch of land next. And to they it. have between, so much land between the Rio lots, and the freeway. Exactly. So they were gonna do that land. I also heard of the lo- the plot of land that is um, that's by, I guess. I guess Resorts World is that where the, the big empty lot is yeah, over there. Yeah, on the like, north side like, of the they, there was like a bunch of uh, a bunch of land there, and then we had heard, oh, possibly in Summer Lane, yep. possibly you know all the, the strip. Aviators but play. they want to be on the strip. They want to be on the strip because right now Las Vegas Ballpark, by the way, in Summerlin, in downtown Summerlin, one of the best AAA stadiums I've ever been to. It's amazing, yep. and I've been to quite a few. Well, spring training, I guess those are minor league ballparks, but I've been to some spring training sites, and I've been to a couple of AAA ballparks, but it's gorgeous. It is one of the best AAA ballparks I've been to. If that is, literally, the AAA stadium for the A's is better than the Major League Stadium for the better A's. Better than the Coliseum. Yeah. Now, I they can't play there. It's too small. It's it, for temp, Even temporarily, they can't play there. Yeah. What they would have to do is what the um, Toronto Blue Jays had to do during COVID when they had to play in Buffalo for their home games, they literally had to retrofit the Buffalo, what is it? Buffalo Bisons, whatever the AAA team is. They had to retrofit the stadium for major league standards standards. So they had to install new lights. They had to make other, you know, concessions available for con, not con, concessions, not concession stands. I'm talking about like they had to, they had to like make arrangements. Yeah. Like, to, to uh, for broadcast purposes. Yep. All these different things they had to change the ballpark around, which is why they actually played in their spring training facility for the first couple of weeks of the season because Buffalo wasn't ready. If the A's came here next year, Las Ve- and they wanted to play in Las Vegas ballpark temporarily, they would have to do some major outfitting to kind of get the ballpark ready, which I think they could do. I don't know if they would want to do that. It wouldn't be worth it, probably. I think they would want to stay in. Oakland for two years until a ballpark is built or find some other temporary location until a ballpark is built. And the latest that I read last night was that they're looking at land next to Allegiant Stadium. Which could be north of Allegiant, right? Yes. Which could be the Rio plot that we were talking about. Could be the the plot of land by the Rio, exactly. But this is happening. This is the Las Vegas A's. Welcome. And now... We have stolen two of your teams. Yeah, keep taking it. Well, it's the city of Oakland just doesn't want professional sports. They, they just don't support their teams. It's all right. Warriors left for San Francisco. Raiders are here, and the, and the Vegas and, and, and the A's are coming here. So look at us. Look at Professional us. sports city, huh? Look at us. Look at us. Look at uh, us. You mean defending WNBA champion city? Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't long ago. It was the Aces, and, and then the Raiders came. Now we have like no, the Knights team. came first. The Knights came, yeah. right, you're right. You know, the Knights were it, but now. Uh, hey. And then LeBron's going to bring a basketball team. Vegas is on the come up, baby. That's it. You want to be here, not anywhere else. You want to be here. Let's talk about what happened yesterday in Major League Baseball. Uh, there was a couple of system plays that I had talked about on yesterday's SOVAM. Day after doubleheaders, the unders. For some reason, day after doubleheader unders have been good to me in the past. And they are good to me this year. 2-0 to the under already as the Guardians-Tigers finish 3-2. And the Phillies-White Sox finish 5-2. That one was a little bit of a sweat. But still, the unders came in. And so we uh, are going to keep riding this. Next time we have a doubleheader, we're going to focus on the day day games. Day games the next day. That's the important thing. Because we want the less turnaround time. We want fatigue to come into play. We want lineup decisions. We want managers to make choices that they don't want to make. We want them to say, you know what? You're not playing today. That's what we want them to say to their star players. Anyway, uh, so 2-0 and to the under already for the day after doubleheaders. We had getaway day systems yesterday. One of, And this is, I said this on yesterday's show. 
be selective. You can't just blindly bet, but use the system to help you formulate your plan of attack. For instance, the Oakland A's, soon to be Las Vegas A's, were a system play. Maybe we should get rid of the A's name. Why? I don't know. What are you going to call them? The Las Vegas Aviators? Come up with a different name. We got something. Las Vegas A's just fits. It's fine. The Athletics. What were they? They were the Philadelphia Philadelphia Athletics, Athletics, Kansas City Athletics. Athletics. It's it's a historic franchise. You're not going to change the name. Can we claim the three straight titles the way the L.A. claims the Minnesota titles in the 40s? Like, technically, they're our team. This is the city of champions. Let's go. Yeah. (laughs) Boy, you know who's going to be happy about this is uh, Jose Canseco. His team is coming to his oh, city. Oh yeah, Pete Rose gonna be back yeah. in the MLB. Well, <laughs> I did not. Want, I did not. I did not want to bet the A's, even though they were a system play. And that's the thing: you be selective. Why would you ever want to bet the A's? So the Cubs beat the A's twelve to two. That was a why would you want to bet the under? Mm. Oh, well, I don't know, AJ. Why would you? Oh, like I don't know because I'm tough. like I'm like man, this starting pitcher for the A's could really give them a chance. He was good. Struck out five, throwing 102 miles per hour. So he leaves the game after five innings. Game's tied two to two. Yep. What happens? After he's gone, the Cubs score 10 runs from the sixth Mason, inning on. Mason Miller, their top pitching prospect. So, yeah, Gross. he was uh, he was good, but their bullpen was trash. Also, didn't want to play the Rockies because of Jose Arena, who sucks. And uh, the Pirates blow them out 14-3. to But the system play I did want to play, the St. Louis Cardinals. We were going to fade Madison Bumgarner. Not only did we play the Cardinals, we played their first five team total over two and a half. That hit in the first inning. Their team total hit in the second inning. <laughs> Cardinals won 14 to 5 over Arizona. Sheesh. What a blowout. The Tampa Bay Rays realized that they can hit two games in a row and they win 8 0 against the Cincinnati Reds. And then the highlight of last night was the MVP battle between Judge and Otani. So Otani Homer's. On the first game of this series on Monday. Last night, first at bat of the game, hits a ball 411 feet, about 100-something miles per hour off the uh, bat. And Aaron Judge leaps over the wall and robs him of a home run. I mean, he's super tall. That's the job. I saw something about the ball that he hit. Based on StatCast, 411 feet with a 111-mile-per-hour exit velocity. Since 2015, there have been 1,560 batted balls in the StatCast database that went at least 411 feet and had at least the, 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 the same tire tread. The same, I feel like it's my cousin Vinny, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so it went 411 feet and at least 111 miles per hour exit velo. Last night was the only one of those batted balls that resulted in an out. And that's because Aaron Judge, all six, seven of him, leaped, leapt, leaped. Can you say them both, leapt. McKenzie? Leapt. Leapt above the wall. Probably he, can't say them both. He didn't even field it cleanly. It hit off the palm of his glove, and then he caught it with his bare hand. My grandfather was a mechanic. So he <laughs> robs him of a home run, and to, and there, it it just gets better than it just gets better from there <laughs> because the very next inning, bottom of the first inning, Aaron Judge two run home run. Yeah, that'll do it. So this was every bit of the MVP battle that you had wanted to expect between Otani and Judge. Current odds: Aaron Judge seven to one. Mm-hmm. Shohei Otani plus 125. Yeah, well, he's having an elite pitching season. Yeah. Otani like, versus the field. Otani's like could be the Cy Young winner this year. Unreal. Literally. The big story in Major League Baseball not involving the A's coming here to Vegas was the ejection of Max Scherzer yesterday in the game against the Dodgers. You had a, did you have a first five under in this game? Yeah, it cashed. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Scherzer gets ejected after four innings, and I'm immediately sweating this first five under. You're already asking DraftKings for a refund? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Here's what Max Scherzer had to say about the ejection afterwards. So after the second inning, uh, you know, my hand, it was a little clumpy uh, from the rosin and sweat that it was clumpy and Phil was, told me to wash off. So I washed it off, uh, you know, came back out there after the third, you know, with alcohol, you know, I washed it with alcohol um, and rosin. And when I went back out there, um, you know, the alcohol for a little bit there can be sticky if, in rosin. It, that can happen. So he was like, that's too sticky. You need to go back on there, wash it off again, and reapply uh, the rosin. 
And so I did that, and then at the same time, you thought my glove had too much rosin on it. And I was like, okay, if that's a problem, you know, there's there's nothing going on. You know, he's like, you need a new glove. Like, okay. So I come back out, uh, pitch the third, uh, and knew I was going to get checked in the fourth. So I, I'd have to be an absolute idiot to do try to do anything when I'm coming back out for the fourth. So in, in the in the you know after that third inning, um, I'm in front of the MLB official that's that's underneath here. I wash my hand with alcohol in front of the official. Um, I then apply a rosin, and then I grab sweat. Um, when I then I then go back out there, and Phil Cuzzy says that my hand's too sticky. Uh, I, I don't get it. yes when you use sweat and rosin, your hand is sticky, but I don't get how I get ejected when I'm when I'm in front of MLB officials doing exactly exactly what you want and being deemed my hands too sticky when I'm using legal substance. I do not understand that. Okay, so a couple of things here. One, he says alcohol. I'm assuming he means like hand sanitizer. Like that's what he means by hand sanitizer. And when he says there's a major league official that is watching him wash his hands, there's nothing illegal being done here. The MLB official is watching him put hand sanitizer on his hands. And then he says grab sweat. I mean, that's what he's doing. He grabs the rosin bag. He wipes his arms, gets sweat off his back of his neck or whatever, and combines the sweat with the rosin to get a little stickiness, a little, te- you know, on his hands. I thought it was weird when he said, I applied the sweat. But that's what you do. <laughs> you got a bucket but, of sweat and, with But this is, this is the thing that bothers me the most about this. We knew the sticky stuff was an issue because of spider tack, right? Mm-hmm. That became popular. Using a foreign substance is what the rule is about. You are not allowed to use a foreign substance to gain an advantage. So explain the difference between rosin and a foreign substance. Rosin is provided by Major League Baseball. It's on the back of every mound. Gotcha. And it is used, pitchers, it's chalk. They use, they use the rosin so that they can get a grip on the baseball because throwing a ball 100 miles per hour is dangerous. And if you don't have a grip on it, you might hit somebody in the head. It's happened many times before. Imagine LeBron or Kevin Durant putting that talcum powder on their hand, throwing it in the sky, first first, first play, a whistle. Um, and, and Scott Foster, what's on your hands Scott Foster comes over and says, your hands are too sticky, you know, or or, they, right. or, or a batter spits on his hands and wipes them together on his batting gloves, and, and the guy goes, you can't use that. This is the thing. <laughs> saw me do it. Batters use pine tar on their batting gloves and on the handles of their bats. Why? So they don't throw the bat into the field or into the stands when they're swinging. Pitchers need a grip on the baseball. Major League Baseball is in the process of developing their own spider tack-like substance to provide for their pitchers to use, right? if, If all he's doing is using sweat with rosin, that's not an ejectable offense. It's not a foreign substance. He's using what is provided to him by Major League Baseball and by his natural secretions. So what do we think happened here? Why did they go after this guy? Because Phil Cuzzy has been the umpire in all three of pitcher ejections in foreign, foreign substance checks. That's fishy. The same one umpire is the guy who has ejected three players for being the substance uh, foreign substances since Major League Baseball started checking pitchers' hands after every inning. Interesting, right? One guy. Seems less than coincidental. He's the only guy that has an issue with sticky stuff. Uh, honestly, this is ridiculous. What's even more ridiculous about this is that Scherzer is now automatically suspended for 10 games. That's incredibly Ooh. ridiculous. What? If you get, if you. There's no proof he did anything wrong. In fact, there's proof he did if nothing wrong. If you get ejected for a foreign substance, you are now suspended for 10 games. Damn. But. Two starts. No, but here, he's going to, you can appeal it. Gotcha. Probably not. He's probably not going to get suspended when Major League Baseball reviews this. But that's the, that, that is the rule. If you get ejected for a foreign substance, you get suspended. So um, that's, you know, there's going to be a hearing about it. I would assume he doesn't get suspended because this is an absolute joke. He did everything that they told him to do, and I'm sure that that whoever the Major League Baseball official was that watched him wash his hands, I'm sure they'll testify, and they'll say, yeah, I watched him wash his hands. 
He's fine. Did some quick steroids, and he was back out on the exactly, court. Exactly, exactly. And then there's no proof that he used anything other than the rosin that was behind the mound and his own body secretions. But, <laughs> you had you to say it like that. Yes. Can you stop saying secretions? <laughs> I don't like it. But this is this is the thing, though. Pitchers have been using sunscreen forever. Like this is yeah. What this you spray sunscreen on the back of your neck and on your arms, and then when you sweat. Combined with the sunscreen, you, you know, you wipe your neck a little bit and you get a little stickiness, especially when you put rosin on it now. Yep. It's been done forever. That I understand. And maybe that's what Phil Cuzzy is going to say. He's like, I got to be honest. It's a little too sticky. Maybe he was using sunscreen or something. And you know what he's going to say? You think you're stronger than the sun? <laughs> Skin cancer is a dangerous thing. I need this sunscreen. Uh, I'll wait to see what happens with Max Scherzer and his suspension. But the Mets did win the game, which well, they, that's what matters. It makes them feel good. Mets win the game. Congratulations, Mets! After a slow start, Max Scherzer now eight scoreless his last eight innings. Yeah, that's good. So here's what we got on the schedule today in Major League Baseball: we got one day game and one like early evening game, if you will. Uh, the Twins and Red Sox will play a day game at Fenway, Boston minus one twenty, with uh, Tanner Houck going up against Kenta Maeda. And uh, total is nine there at Fenway. The early evening game is a 4.05 Eastern time start, so a late afternoon. Patrick Sandoval against Nestor Cortez, Yankees and Angels. New York minus 160, total of eight and a half. I kind of like the uh, under in this game. First off, you have two pitchers that are off to really good starts this season. Sandoval, 1.23 ERA. Nestor, a 2.6. But with it being a 4.05 Eastern time start, shadows are going to come into play. So what's going to happen is part uh, for the early, the start of the game, the sun will be out, and there will be no shadows. And then as the game winds up, uh, you might have some shadows start to creep in, uh, depending on where the sun moves, and also depending on how quick the game goes. Because you know these games now with the pitch clock last a while, so the sun probably won't be sunset in the Bronx, but the sun will be lowered. And therefore, there could be some shadows. Maybe the batter will be in the shadow, but the pitcher will be in the sun, and that could affect the uh, hitters. So with the 405 start, shadows come into play. I like the under eight and a half. Reds and Pirates will do battle. Rosnick Contreras, Luke Weaver, Pittsburgh minus 165. Rockies at the Phillies. Matt Schramm against Reed Feltner, Philadelphia minus 235. Dodgers at the Cubs, Chicago minus 120. The Dodgers are underdogs to the Chicago Again. Cubs. Two, two nights in a row they've been dogs? Well, they uh, just played the Mets. Yeah. And it was Max Scherzer. But I'm saying two two days yeah. in a row they've been a dog. It's wild, man. Michael Grove gets the start for the Dodgers and Jamison Tyone for the Cubbies. Michael Waka 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 gets the start for the Padres as they go to Arizona and take on Ryan Nelson and the Diamondbacks. San Diego minus 145. And then the Mets... You know what time it is, baby. Senga time. It's ghost time. Kode Senga and the Mets minus 135 favorites at the Giants. Sean Manaya on the hill for the Giants. And AJ, find me the prop right now for Kode Senga strikeouts in this game. Please. We're not going to go back to that well, are we? We will go back to this well. Please tell me the strikeout prop. For Kode Senga, who in three starts this season has had eight strikeouts, six strikeouts, and seven strikeouts. Five and a half heavy juice to the over this time. Unfortunately, we're looking at minus 160 to play the over. Five and a half, though, still. Still five and a half. They haven't, mm. they haven't budged off that. They're just making you pay more for it. And it's at minus 160, you say? Yeah. Hmm. I'm going to give you a multiple choice. Well, actually, not multiple choice, but I'll give you two guesses. False. Two guesses Purple. here. If you can tell me Alabama. which team in Major League Baseball has the highest strikeout rate in 2023. The limit does not exist. Ooh. Great pull, Mac. <laughs> Great pull. I'm going to guess. Yes. With context. With context here? See, that's, you're using all the tools at your disposal now. The Detroit Tigers. Wrong. Shit. It's the Giants, isn't it's it? It's the San Francisco oh! <laughs> Giants. The highest K rate in all of Major League Baseball this season. And I got the ghost forkball on the mound. Kode Senga, over five and a half strikeouts. Your best bet 
for Thursday night. All right. I'm convinced. I'm in. If you want that best bet, you just got it for free. But if you want some more, please, sir, may I have another? <laughs> Go to pregame.com where your boy over here has just won eight straight three-star bets. <laughs> Mac is kicking butt in the NBA playoffs. AJ's going to have a fight card this weekend. I am, and I'm now a baseball expert. And he is now a baseball expert, is right. You can get 20% off anything at pregame.com using the promo code WISEGUY20. W-I-S-E-G-U-Y 20. WISEGUY20, because we're your wise guys here. Going to get you 20% off anything you'd like at pregame.com. Jump on board a daily best bet or a seven-day all-access, 30-day all-access. Get every pick from your favorite pregame pro. Be flexible, whatever you'd like. Take 20% off on us, wiseguy20 at pregame.com. For Mackenzie Rivers and A.J. Hoffman and Kode Senga's Ghost Forkball, I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are straight out of Vegas, where the athletics will soon be. A.M. 